The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, um, I think that, uh, you know, Buddhism can often get kind of a bad rap and be seen as pessimistic and overly concerned with, with suffering, all this talk of suffering and pain and um and really really this is a path of happiness and of pleasure and the the buddha's emphasis the the gist of of his teaching was that we we simply tend to out of not quite understanding we tend to to seek for happiness in in the wrong places our strategies for for being happy aren't quite in alignment with with the way things actually are. So we're, we we seek happiness in the we tend to seek happiness in the conditions of the world. That can be the conditions of the the world at large, the conditions in our lives, um, and also the the Buddha used the, the 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 term the world really to mean the world of our sense experience. So we tend to seek happiness through pleasant sights, pleasant sounds, pleasant physical physical pleasure, um, through the, the the kind of mental pleasure of status, identities, relationships. Tend to seek happiness through you know our our um, our roles, our our jobs, our our homes, our all of these things. And but uh, but the Buddha pointed to was that these conditions of our sense experience, these conditions of of the world are inherently or fundamentally in constant flux and constant change and not within our, our ultimate control. And so, of course, when you see that, that what is not in our control, what is constantly changing when we're trying to find happiness through kind of landing on a particular set of conditions or experience in some kind of stable or lasting way, it becomes really clear, right, how that's actually a setup for a lot of suffering. And the Buddha discovered that that happiness, that real well-being, deep well-being is to be found more in how we are in the world in our in our relationship to the world than in the particular conditions that happen to be arising in our world or in in our lives and this is this is part of um part of what the the buddha called wise view wise view is the the first the first factor of what is uh, often called the eightfold path um, this is an, an overview of the the Buddha's teachings that the, the said to be in the entirety of the of the path is the eightfold path, and wise view is at the beginning. This this understanding where happiness is actually to be found, and understanding that how we are in our lives, how we are in the world, fundamentally dictates our our state of mind, the quality of well being in our experience. Um, and that it's not in the the 
the particular conditions of of the physical world or of of our sense experience where happiness is to be found and uh the there are many layers of of wise view and the first of which is usually understanding that that how we act whether that's in an external action of body or speech or an internal action of how we how we think um all of these kinds of thoughts and um actions and ways that we are engaging in the world are giving are giving rise to future states of either happiness if they're actions that are that are aligned with with um the wholesome qualities of of non non grasping non clinging of non harming of kindness of of care um that when when we act in alignment with with these ethical principles of non harming then uh we are conditioning our minds in the direction of greater and greater well-being um there are are three broad categories three broad aspects of the the eightfold path that um are often are often used to to kind of describe it in in brief um in pali the words are sila samadhi and panya sila means virtue or ethics or um kind of behavior that is in alignment with non-harming um and this is again both internal and and external so it's not just how we are um it is very much our actions in the world how we treat others how we speak but it's also our habits of mind how we how we think about others how we think about ourselves how you know there's recognizing that that all of these activities have bear fruit they're they're impactful for our well-being and this is the first uh the first layer of 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 wise view is understanding the importance of sila or ethics or virtue and how deeply it it impacts our own our own well-being um and sila is the the foundation for the rest of the path um there's one there's one discourse one sutta where where um a practitioner approached the buddha and said hey can you can you describe the practice in brief uh and and the buddha said um there are you know to different people at different times he would respond to that question uh in different ways kind of I think he had a sense of where people were and would try to speak to um what would what they would be able to to engage with and how he responded in this this particular sutta was he said that that with um with purified sila with purified virtue as a foundation and with with this right understanding that that virtue that virtuous conduct leads to well-being and so with this as a foundation you should practice mindfulness so he encouraged this this sila this uh ethical behavior to be the foundation for our meditation practice and this this took me a long time to really um come to appreciate in my own practice i think in the early years of of my practice it, 
and hear the teachings on on sila and ethics and like yeah it makes sense it sounds good but like okay like let's get to the let's get to the wisdom teachings let's get to the meditation practices that's what i was focused on and i think that that's pretty common in in these western insight communities that seems to be uh, just a tendency um you know for for how we how we uh approach approach these uh, for those of us that are that are in you know, in Western countries or approaching from Western, Western cultures. And it certainly was true for, for myself. Um, and, and yet, yet you can even just, just right now, just touch into like, think of something that you've done in your life that was kind or was, was generous or was caring. And, and just get a call up the flavor of what it felt like to do that. And even just in recalling that, what's the impact of, of bringing up that, that sila, that, that act of, of non-harming or care or generosity? What's the impact on your mind right now? If you can't think of something it's hard to find something you can think of. You can imagine something for someone else. Imagine an act of kindness or generosity. How does that impact your own experience, your own mind right now? You may find that there is a sense of a natural sense of being able to settle into your experience a little bit more when there is this alignment with with care, with kindness, with non-harming. This is just a really clear example or experiential sense of the impact of our of our actions internally and externally. Um, on the quality of our, our our hearts and minds, on the quality of our our happiness, our well being. There's it supports a, a an ability to really settle, really to really settle in a in an easy way. The the more feel the kind of the goodness of the the intention in our hearts. There's a a sutta that comes to mind, uh, a discourse of the Buddha that comes to mind, or there were these three monks, these three um, disciples of the Buddha, and they were they were all practicing together in in seclusion <clears throat> um, for for many months, and the Buddha went to pay them uh, a visit, and and greeted them and said, "Oh, hi, how how are you all doing? How are you getting along? Are you getting enough alms food?" and um, and they said, yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're doing well. We have, we're getting enough alms food. And they said, are you, how are you, um, how is the, the practice going? Um, and, you know, are, are you reaping any, are you seeing any benefit? Are you seeing any, any fruits in your practice? Um, and they said, uh, they said, of course, of course we are. And they went on to describe the, the kind of, 
the happiness and the, the beautiful qualities that they were experiencing in their practice. Um, uh, describing these, these states of the, 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 the most refined and deepest levels of happiness that are possible are these, these, um, very deep states, often called jhanas, um, that the happiness of which is only surpassed by, by complete liberation itself. Um, and they, they went on to describe it. Yeah, of course, of course we are. Like, we're experiencing all of these. And in fact, they had even attained the complete extinguishment of, of greed, aversion, and delusion. They had realized this ending of stress and suffering. And, and the Buddha asked, like, you know, why, why is it, of course? Why, why, why is it, of course? And they said, because of how we are living together. Um, so that they were living together with, with, with kindness, with generosity, with metta as the foundation for how they were living in community. And they went on to describe all of the ways that they were doing that. You know, oh, when one of us, whoever comes in first, will set out the mats for the others. Just a simple act of generosity. Oh, if somebody leaves the, you know, leaves water in the bin when it should be empty, we just, we empty it for them. Or we, we constantly think of what can we do for our, our, our friends here to support their well-being. And, and lastly, they said that we were, we frequently reflect, wow, what good fortune to be here with friends in the Dhamma. Um, so, so just showing how this orientation towards ethical ethical conduct, towards kindness, towards generosity, um, was the condition that was supporting the uh, this natural happiness. And this natural happiness, when we sit and our hearts are at ease because of the the goodness we feel from acting out of out of kindness, out of generosity. There is a natural settling and stilling into samadhi. Samadhi is this kind of collectedness of attention in the present moment. And that's the, so sila is the first pillar, this ethical, ethical conduct. And this just naturally supports and flows into samadhi, this often translated as concentration, but that feels a little bit too tight, that word. Uh, other translations uh, include um, immersion. I love that one, immersion into experience. Just this natural, kind of peaceful, just continuous um, awareness of within, within moment-to-moment experience. And this can deepen into, into these um some of the most profoundly peaceful states that are that are possible for for us as as humans and um and the buddha said that this just happens naturally like when there is when there is this gladness of of heart that comes from ethical conduct uh, that comes from from goodness there's a natural settling a natural settling and and that also what comes out of this natural settling is the more 
immersed in the kind of moment to moment um, unfolding and stream of experience we are, the more we're able to to actually see clearly how our experience works. We're actually able to discern, to see what's actually happening here in our moment to moment experience. This is where these these truths, these um, oftentimes called the three characteristics of our experience, come into light and become discerned. Start to see the the constantly changing nature of our experience, and we all kind of understand conceptually um, the truth of impermanence. And when when it's seen with the the kind of the clarity, the penetrating understanding that's possible when there is this this stability of mind, this samadhi, um, this collected attention, the the seeing into the changing nature of our experience is one of the 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 central understandings that uproots um, the tendency towards towards clinging clinging this this trying to to hold on to or grasp or um, identify with moment to moment experience and this this understanding the nature of our experience this is the this is panya wisdom understanding of these three pillars of the path, sila or ethics. Ethics kind of helps our heart and mind be able to to settle here and be at ease. You know, it's uh, I see this all the time when I, when I when I lash out in anger, I say something you know harsh to somebody out of frustration, out of anger. It's even when I kind of have that. There's that. Oh, it kind of feels good if when you feel right or you're kind of you're trying to win an argument or something like there's some mm, self-righteous thing. When I actually try to sit, when I when I go to sit and and check it out, like, oh, what's how is it actually? It's really distressing and really uh unsettling. Um, you know, so we so this this wise view is starting to see like, oh, the cause and effect nature of how we are in the world and how that impacts our own well-being. Um, and let's see. Yeah, the yeah, the Buddha was called um, called the happy one, called the the peaceful one. Um, this is a path of of increasing and refining our understanding of where happiness and pleasure are are to be found, um, and that there are much much deeper levels of happiness and and pleasure that are available through a different way of being in relationship to experience rather than than getting 
the pleasure that we that comes from getting the experiences that we want, kind of having the world and the senses be pleasant. Um, and and yet, you know, when we when we sit, we're going what we're going to be kind of coming into contact with a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time is the uh, kind of the the force, the power of this conditioning of of this habit of seeking pleasure through through pleasant sense experience, right? Through being through the often called the you know uh, the pleasant the pleasant side of the worldly winds. You know, we want the pleasure, not the pain. We want fame, but not disrepute. We want praise, not blame. We want gain and not not loss, but but the world is actually constantly ebbing and flowing between all of these. And the more we're able to actually uh, cultivate a way of being with that change, this changing world that is in alignment with the way it is, that is um, understands. Um, the nature of our experience, therefore, isn't isn't clinging to it. The more there is access to this this deep, um, imperturbable well-being, happiness, and peace in the midst of however it is, in the midst of however it is. This comes down to simply um, liberation through through non-clinging, and the and it's the the understanding of our experience that ultimately um, supports this this release, this capacity for non-clinging, um, and uh, all of the factors of the path really work work in harmony. Well, the more aligned with uh, with ethics our actions are, the more deeply we're able to settle, the more deeply we're able to be in contact with our experience in a in a skillful way, in a in an easy way. And the the more we're able to do that, the more we're able to understand our experience as it actually is. Um, I just uh, just wanted to offer these. Reflections, and we'll see if um, yeah, there are any thoughts or comments or questions, uh, either about this or just about your practice in general. Yeah, Sarah. Thanks, sorry. Um, I'm glad you chose the topic of of joy. Um, it, it feels really timely for me at the moment um, because after um, more than a decade of practice, which is mostly consisted in fairly um, painful engagement with. <laughs> all kinds of different circumstances um 
in the last just recent months, it's it's like I I suddenly um, I was actually listening to a talk by Andrea, an old talk by Andrea on Audio Dharma, and and she said something about like uh, yeah, like we move towards you know we move towards what's pleasant and and we move away from what's unpleasant and and you know i've heard that said a whole lot of times before but all of a sudden i was like oh wait yeah yeah like i do that of course i do that well that makes perfect sense like i don't want to be with the things that are not pleasant and and it, and and it was just this sudden like it was just literally like just this huge letting go of like yeah, I do that. And trying to force myself constantly to not do that is not actually, um, that's, that's just adding more unpleasantness to the whole thing. And and it just was this huge, like, oh, like I just have been sitting with like, there's been a, it's been a hard, like external circumstances. The last month have been hard and I've just felt very like, this is just the way it is. Like there's a certain relaxation with it around it that wasn't there before. And so even though there's been a lot of things that have been really hard, it's been like really, um, there's like a lightness to my ability to be with it. That, um, is not something I've experienced in my life before. Mm. Mm. Uh, just feeling uh feeling so happy in in hearing hearing that yeah yeah that's beautiful to be yeah tasting that or tasting the fruit of practice this kind of way of being with with your experience that isn't so bound up in struggle with it which is really yeah, really, really beautiful to hear. Yeah, I, I relate very much to that process that you described. That you know, for so much of the time, you know, seeing, uh, seeing how how much struggle with experience there is, and how how much struggle with experience there is in in how you know trying to practice and yet finding finding a way to um how to be with experience like letting it just be as it is like you said like getting out of the way like this is a natural process like not trying to control it or force it to be a certain way but like okay this is this is happening you know, being with and learning, learning about this, this process of, of nature. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really beautiful to hear. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Ari. Yeah. I'm, I'm Charles Lee. Charles Lee. Um, <clears throat> hi. Yeah. Thanks for, for, yeah, the topic of joy of, um, and I found in in you know in studying Buddhism and practicing that uh, you know my definition for words has 
has changed. Uh, I would say before practice and study, I would have thought joy was something far out in the future, something that I need to sacrifice and work extremely hard for, and then, um, you know, finally get to enjoy, like, if I'm, like, at some beautiful international resort or there's, like, a triple rainbow, it has to be this, like, fireworks display, you know, of, of, of intense pleasure. Um, but uh, I guess, you know, the practice has has uh, showed me, you know, kind of how to appreciate kind of the, I guess, the, you know, the joy and, and, and I would say contentment, I guess, um, of just the, of just what's in front of me, of just the present moment of just, you know, waking up and, you know, the sun is out or, you know, um, and then this concept of the, the, the bliss of blamelessness of, uh, just the, the the joy of having acted skillfully and you know just not really having anything to worry about you know because I'm not attached to an outcome you know, I've, I've I know my action has been you know I've I've, I've reflected uh, you know before during and, um, and and after action and it's really simple and it's right there. And so it doesn't have to be this big pendulum swing towards, you know, uh, intense hedonistic pleasure, which I think is what's, you know, what I've been sold, uh, you know, through commercials and being raised in, a, in, in, in the United States. Uh, but, um, but yeah, it's, it, it really is, uh, so simple and so slow. Um, it's just nice to have others to talk to about it who who appreciate it because uh, you know elsewhere there aren't too many other other mirrors for that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much for for sharing that. Yeah. 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 Again, really. Yeah. Really tasting the. Um, and realizing the for yourself and your own experience, really the what the Buddha was pointing to, and yeah, that thanks for bringing that in the, the bliss of blamelessness. Yeah, this um, this happiness that comes from from yeah this way of being in the world, and yeah, and it, it is like I I, I like what you said about. Um, it being kind of a slower, quieter kind of happiness. It's not not this fireworks kind of wow, but this this deep contentment, yeah, this deep peace. That um, yeah, so so really beautiful to hear. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thank you all uh, very much for your your presence and practice and uh, yeah appreciate really appreciate getting to spend this time with you all um, and uh, I'll do a just a quick dedication of merit 
Um, may the the goodness of our practice ripple out and be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all living beings be free from danger. May all living beings be free from mental suffering. May all living beings be free from physical suffering. May all living beings be well and happy. And may all living beings be free. Thank you all. Thanks, Kenny. Thank you. Bye. I'm sorry. Thank you.